Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte on this Monday. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my friend, my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Big Monday, Doug. A nice Monday outside. Let's talk some hoops. It's it's a nice Monday to talk hoops, and we're going to get a chance to talk hoops with uh, the, the people that we always talk about, but we'll get a chance to ask them some questions today. It is officially Media Day, Hornets Media Day, and Locked On Hornets will be in Spectrum Center, ready to cover it all for you. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets, for all of the updates. Going to get some stuff up on Instagram as well, and our Patreon subscribers. You're going to get first dibs on some of this content. So if you've shown your love at patreon.com slash LOH, be on the lookout for updates later this afternoon. And also, we're trying to, David, figure out some kind of moniker for our hardcore Hornets fans, the people that have... Uh, been with us now for a long time. People that listen to the show every day. Maybe they just joined, but they they love it and they're listening every day. We've got to find some kind of of moniker for them and the Patreon subscribers. So so start racking your brain, D. We've already got some good contributions. Uh, the hive, the swarm, the nest. That's one I kind of was like, oh okay, let me yeah. let me play around with that one a little bit. So this is like, uh, like uh, what were those old, old back in the day, like Alonzo, like Zoe's friends or like Muggsy's bunch or something like, like, like something yeah. like that, you mean? It, well, exactly. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're part of, yeah, you're part of our little fan section, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we always call it like hardcore Hornets fans. That was our thing, but that feels a little long. We need some, that's a little long in the tooth. Got to get something that's a little snappy. We need little, something poppy. Yeah. Make it snappy. That's right. Uh, hey, so we're approaching Media Day, David, and we've got a great show ahead, by the way. Frank Kaminsky uh, rounds out our player previews for this September, so we'll get to him in just a moment. But I've just been thinking, with the addition of Dwight Howard, with the addition of Malik Monk, with Kimball Walker coming off of his first All-Star season, and so many players who ended the season, even though the result of the entire season wasn't fantastic, you had players like Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky playing very well to end the season. My question is, as we approach media day, when has the team been this intriguing, mysterious, interesting? Ooh, well, I mean, two years ago, right, with Lynn coming in, I mean, I think there were some eyebrows raised then, but I don't think much was expected of that team. Certainly not as much as expected of this team, given the kind of the state of the East and, 
you know, um, a little maybe a bounce back season from this team. But yeah, I mean, certainly, and I, obviously Dwight Howard is a big a big part of that, and Malik Monk, um, and having an All Star returning. So yeah, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably not since they returned, right? I mean, this has got to be the most anticipated season for this team, uh, probably probably since they've been back. And it's fascinating, David, you bring up expectations, and I think you're right. Expectations are certainly higher for this team this year than they were last year when sort of all of the projections seemed to have the Hornets outside of the playoffs, and and we thought those were wrong, and and they ended up being you know dead on, I think, for different reasons. I don't think anyone anticipated uh, the injury issues and the depth issues uh, that they would have, Uh, but they certainly expected regression, and they got that. But this season, the expectations are higher. And the fascinating part, David, is I'm not sure that it has all that much to do with the addition of Dwight Howard, which you one would think, you know, based on his history, you add a guy like Dwight Howard, but he's still being underrated to a certain extent, I think. And I feel like the expectations are part what you hit on, that the East has given up so much to the West that there are going to be opportunities for the Hornets that weren't there previously but also, I think they, they are continuing to expect big things from Kimball Walker, and, and I think they believe in, in some of the, the uh, depth issues being addressed, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so you hit on two things. I mean, just looking back at last year, taking into account the depth issues and kind of like the, um, you know, the inevitability of injuries coming into play, I think that's the reason a lot of teams or a lot of uh, prognosticators had – the Hornets outside the playoffs, a couple of those with the fact of, you know, some of those big-time contributors leaving. But, yeah, this year, Dwight Howard is certainly a big piece, but a big part of that, of his addition, is addressing the depth that you mentioned. I mean, we've talked about it moving Cody Zeller down to that second team. Still going to play big minutes, we think. Um, and that was a big part of what was hurting this team last year with the depth issue. And, you know, let's face it, yeah, the East is, is way down. Um, how do you think all the <laughs> – all those primetime New York Knicks games are, are, are looking to folks right about now. I mean, we knew this was coming, too. Not not to jump uh, topics, but with Melo going over to OKC, you know, the Knicks are still going to be on TV a lot. Well, I, and I think they'll still pull a number because they are the New York oh, Knicks. Sure. Because, you know, people, they, they have a national fan base. So certainly not sure. ideal for the NBA to have, you know, one of their premier TV teams lack you know any semblance of star talent except for of course Christoph Porzingis you know if, now if he gets injured then you're <laughs> then you're really talking then, about a, a really tough national TV game but I, I think they're they're okay with it for now they can at least sell KP um, so let's move on David to one of the uh, one of the pieces that will be key to ensuring that the Hornets have solved some of their depth issues and that is the continued development of of Frank Kaminsky. He is entering his third year with the Charlotte Hornets, finished last season with averages of 11.7 points, four and a half rebounds, and 2.2 assists. Those numbers eerily match the averages of NBA rotation players overall, which led StatMuse.com to declare him the NBA's most statistically average player. Kaminsky struggled in the first half of last season, averaging 27% from beyond the arc in November and December. But something changed in the new year, and he seemed to find a groove. David, going back to that uh, most statistically average player, is average a good word for Frank Kaminsky to this point in his career? Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. 
For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Like an accurate word? Yeah, is it accurate? Is it fair? Yeah. I think so. Um, not, you know, a lottery pick always has a high expectations. And especially given all the hoo-ha around the Godfather offer and, and, and some other things that were involved with that draft class in particular for the Hornets. Um, but I think average is, is fair. Um, I think he's had some bright moments. He's certainly had some struggles. You know, we've talked about him early on in this kind of preseason or in the offseason as being a breakout player. That was more from like a fantasy standpoint, but I also think it was from a standpoint of he's one of the few guys on this team that may still have, you know, a ways to go to hit their ceiling. Like I think there's still an opportunity for him to improve and be an above average contributor. But up to this point, yeah, I think he's been average. He's been able to contribute in spots when they've asked a lot of him and when they've given him, you know, minutes. So when he's played more than 30 minutes, I mean, that's when he's played his best, at least – Numbers-wise, he's averaged about 16 points a game, which is the biggest jump from, you know, saying uh, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and I think that he's been, you know, he's been he's been okay. Uh, if they wanted looking for him to be a starter, which is a lot of what we talked about um, when looking at Marvin Williams, you know, can Frank Kaminsky take over that starter spot? I think he's going to have to certainly do more than be average, and it's probably going to come on the on the offensive end unless he takes a massive massive jump on the defensive end. And I think uh, our friend Hornet Sports Spot on Twitter uh, fairly pointed out when we discussed uh, Frank Kaminsky, could he take some minutes away from Marvin, possibly even claim the starting spot at some point within this season? I think you and I both fell on the no answer to that, uh, or, mm-hmm. or at least it was mm-hmm. it was not a not a, a great possibility. But Hornet Sports Spot uh, fairly pointed out that um, you know how could we. So I guess his point was, how could we be saying that there's even a, a remote possibility that Frank Kaminsky does that, and then at the same time say that Malik Monk could not take the starting two spot because of defensive issues? And you know, to that I say, well, I, I think that Frank Kaminsky's defensive issues are also keeping him from the starting lineup, and that's why I think both of us landed on you know him being a reserve uh, for this season, but a, but a a quality bench player for the Hornets, which which he has been. I think, David, he proved last season that with a little more burn that his production would go up. And that's, that's nothing yep. to take for granted because players can easily uh, signal that they're ready to flame out, essentially, if they don't take advantage of those opportunities, if they get more run and, and can't increase their production. He did that. Unfortunately, his offense, offensive efficiency – did not rise with that increase in his usage percentage. His true shooting was down a point. His three-point attempt rate was up significantly, but he saw a percentage point decrease in his three-point percentage. He did improve his free throw percentage, though, from 73% to 75.6%. So, uh, David, I think he has to prove that, you know, in terms of his efficiency, in terms of his shooting numbers, they can stay more consistent this season than they were last season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about consistency, right? I mean, especially for young players, but that's what 
that's what uh, that's what gains you longevity. I mean, the more consistent you can be. Yeah, you're right. It, it does feel like he's got to up the efficiency. Um, like I said, and, and like you mentioned, when he got more minutes, um, the production was better. Um, so for him, it's going to be, you know, I mean, if he just started to shoot lights out from three, um, and, and, and let's say Marvin, you know, got off to a slow start and, and wasn't contributing from that standpoint, that would be interesting because, if Dwight Howard, let's say, takes up some more of the defensive rebounding um, slack from Marvin and and if that affects the way he plays and then Frank is just putting on a show from three, I mean, I think that's a scenario where you could see that argument start to be made. But as it stands last year, yeah, I think he's going to have to be able to contribute more on defense because they depend so much on Marvin and because we know Steve Clifford depends so much on defense and an overall scheme. It's just going to be tough for him to overtake him. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if that's necessarily what uh, he's focusing on. I think at this point, right now in his career, he's got to prove that he can be an impact scorer off the bench before you, you talk anything yeah. about moving him into a starting position. I mean, last year uh, he had – his first season in Charlotte, he had two 20-point games. His second season, last season, he upped that to 12, so that's good. He was tied for fifth among Eastern Conference reserves for double-digit scoring games, but – he had nine games with one or less field goals. A lot of those, again, coming in the month of November and December in that tough start that he had. But I think if you're Frank Kaminsky, like you're expected to score. That's sort of your your big mm-hmm. strength. And and if you're if you're yeah. going one for nine, one for eleven, it can be, you know, it can be devastating at the end of second quarters and at the beginning of fourth quarters if you don't have Frank Kaminsky reliably scoring for the team. So uh, I think you have to look at that as well. Yeah, and it's like, you know, um, from Frank's standpoint, look, he played – there were 20 games where he played more than 30 minutes last year, and he started in 12 of them. So, I mean, not exactly an overwhelming majority. But in those games, 17 points and six rebounds. I mean, that, that's above average uh, for, for a guy that you're asking to do, you know, do some scoring. And why was um, and so he? Why think, was he so successful when he? Because he started at the center position. He did not even start right. in in place of Marvin in in a lot of those games. He started at the center position because uh, Cody Zeller had that. Um, he had the calf the calf strain, I believe it was, and uh, yeah. so um, you know he started at the center position somewhere where you'd think he'd get bullied around because he he's not you know he doesn't have that natural physicality at the center position but he was able to take advantage at least offensively what went right for him in those situations uh well i mean certainly the three point shot was when that's falling and that seems to help uh frank's overall confidence i also thought last year he did you know, go back to a little bit of the Frank Kaminsky we saw last year at Wisconsin when he had a mismatch, especially deep down the post, he was able to take advantage of it a little more than he did his rookie season. And one thing we haven't talked about with Frank that we saw some last year uh, as opposed to his rookie season was just the confidence level, I thought. You know, um, I thought he got a little bit down on himself as a rookie, which is to be somewhat expected. And I think it'll be interesting, Doug, if you get a chance to uh, speak with him today, if that if he felt that confidence, you know, if that was a if that was a conscious thing last year where he felt more comfortable, um, either when it was starting or, or or either when he was getting more more minutes. But to me, his overall confidence level was up last year, 
And if that can keep going, I think that's only going to be uh, be, a, be a positive for Frank and the Hornets, obviously. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Want to take a quick second to tell you about something we've started here on Locked On Hornets. It's a way for you to get access to more Hornets content, more Locked On Hornets content, and support the show. And the best part is it's only a dollar a month, and it goes to help make this show great. It's called Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode, and you're going to get exclusive interviews and access to content before anyone else. Check it out, patreon.com slash LOH, and help keep our hive alive. So I want to go back to that stretch of games that he had a chance to start, and one game in particular that I think can sort of light a path to where Frank Kaminsky could get to this season, even as a reserve. And it was uh, at the end of February, February 28th, against the Los Angeles Lakers. It was one of the final games that he would start because Cody Zeller had returned from his injury, but they were working him slowly back into the starting lineup. And in my mind, it was arguably one of his best games of his career. And yes, he was shooting the the three-point shot consistently, but he also was showing off an array of moves to get himself great looks at the hoop. I'm t- he was getting up and unders with the offhand finish, ball fakes, which he was only able to accomplish because, you know, the reputation that he built in that month of February. I mean, he was a legitimate threat uh, from the three-point line, so he was able to get a, a ball fake or two off. Speed changes on his drive. Uh, he's got a good handle for a seven-footer, and if he gets ahead of steam, he's agile enough to get around slower plotting big. So that's part of why he was successful at the center position. And so it, it led, I think it's led some people to ask why, or could he get some start? Could he get some minutes at the center position? If Cody Zeller or Dwight Howard were to go down to injury, would they slide Frank Kaminsky into that, that second center role and try to get a mismatch or two going there? What do you think about that option? I think as a third option, it's something they can lean back on. Um, Frank seems to do better, like I said, when he, he can find some sort of, of mismatch and use that quickness. I mean, you know, think back to Wisconsin. They ran the whole offense through him, um, and he was doing a lot of different things to to uh, make that team successful. So, I mean, it, it's tough, right, Doug? I mean, how, I don't know, how do you see that playing out? Because um, he, I don't know. It, it all seems to come down to Frank's um, – his comfort level and and so much of it is matchup based, but um, that is a tough ask of him to go down there and bang a lot. Like you mentioned, I mean, that's the one downside. Yeah, really. I mean, the Hornets really took a beating on the boards in, in that, in those February games. And again, you know, Frank Kaminsky was able to uh, contrast that with his scoring ability. So it was trade-offs, but if he, if he isn't scoring as efficiently, then those rebound numbers kill you when he's at the center position uh, but you know, if yeah. he puts on a little strength, you know, maybe maybe there's some there's something there. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how Johnny O'Brien 
plays in this training camp. He's, he's guaranteed through the season. He is technically their fifth big, and he got some center play as well during that stretch when Cody Zeller was out late in the season, played very well against Denver. He's able to stretch the floor as well, and I think he's better able uh, uh, to bang inside with some of these bigger centers than maybe Frank Kaminsky necessarily is. So I think a lot of it yeah. will have to do with J.O.B. Do they feel more confident in putting him at the center position? But I think if there is a good matchup, if there's one where, you know, Frank, if it is a sort of a slower plotting center that you could put Frank Kaminsky up against, then, then I think it's it's worth exploring matchup to matchup. But I, if, if Cody Zeller were to go down with injury, I just would not immediately expect them to make Frank Kaminsky the backup center. Uh or, or if Dwight no. Howard, you know, elevating Cody Zeller to the starting lineup, if Dwight Howard were go to were to go down with injury, I just don't expect Frank Kaminsky to back up Cody Zeller at the center position. Could will he get center minutes? Matchup to matchup, sure, but I just don't see yeah. him being a a backup center yet. I mean, maybe he transitions more towards that, like we saw Cody Zeller do over his career, uh, but but I just don't see it happening uh, this season. Yeah, I think they definitely want to use him more to continue to space the floor, right? And if he can de develop the other parts of his offensive game, uh, whether that's continuing to kind of finish around the rim and take advantage of those. But that's that's still going to be asking a lot of Frank to, to bang and then be productive um, on the offensive end. So I think you're right there. All right, one other thing that Frank Kaminsky managed to do last season was inspire some of the greatest Eric Collins drops of the year. Watching a Frank Kaminsky highlight reel on YouTube is like one long Eric Collins broadcast gasm, David. I mean, he he was just he he induced <laughs> something. He 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 lit a flame somewhere deep inside Eric Collins and led to led to gems like this one. Only the big ones for Frank. Or how about this one? Badger on, big boy. Badger on, big boy. And, <laughs> And my personal favorite, this actually came from the, the Lakers game that I mentioned previously. With the wingspan of a California condor, Frank Kaminsky throws in the finger roll. <laughs> the wingspan Man. of a California condor. Like, I can appreciate that one because everyone, as you'll remember, Doug, the, the condor was the name of the uh, student newspaper at California University on uh, 9210, which I'm sure Eric Collins was given a slight hat tip too, but um, man, I've missed those Eric Collins calls. Where have you been all summer? Well, the con the Condor became a, a, like a little sub character within a meta character within Hornets. People who paid attention to to Eric Collins and his many uh, great calls, he dropped the Condor oh. a, a couple of times. That was not the 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 exclusive time. Um, but Just for uh, Frank, or, or, or did he spread it around? I feel like he spread it around. He gave Condor love to a lot of players. <laughs> big, big fan of the Condor. Big fan of the Condor. Huge fan. Huge fan of the Condor. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, let's see. What else do I need to get to before we get out of here? Oh, yeah. Just a reminder. The Hornets are hosting an open practice on September 30th. Good chance to get to Spectrum Center and check out the Hornets run a, they run a scrimmage, and then uh, they get out and do some mini-games. And good event for the kids. You get a chance to get some autographs and uh, see the players up close and personal. So I think it's a so it's a free event that's open to the public, but it's a ticketed event. You have to get a ticket, a free ticket. So go to Hornets.com for yeah, more information. Yeah, you got you to gotta reserve a spot. 
So go check out that. Uh, it, it is a cool event. And uh, again, reminder, today is Media Day. So uh, and we'll be there to cover it all. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets on Instagram at Locked on Hornets. And then if you haven't subscribed to Patreon, today would be a great day because you're going to get uh, so, so much of this content first. You can listen to it tonight. And then, of course, join us tomorrow as we tell you the biggest storylines from Media Day and, and what we think here on Locked on Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. We're with you all season. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend. Uh, send us some questions to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com, and we're going to be back tomorrow with much more on Media Day and the Charlotte Hornets in general. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.